The R&D incentive has been in place for many years now, but over the past couple of years, there's been a lot more noise around its ability to deliver benefits to Australian companies. What is the issue at hand and how can Australian companies resolve this on a go-forward basis? Hello, my name is David Gelb. I'm the lead partner of KPMG's Accelerating Business Growth Practice and I'm looking forward to discussing this question with you. Today with me is Ramani Naidu, a partner in our Accelerating Business Growth Group and Georgia King Seam, a director in that group. Hello to you both. Hello, David. The R&D tax incentive has been in place for about 35 years and has proved to be a successful incentive in helping Australian companies to grow and to compete on a global scale. However, over the past two to three years, there have been a number of cases where Australian companies have had their R&D claims challenged by the authorities. And at the moment, there is an ongoing era of uncertainty on how the R&D incentive can best deliver the results it is intended to do. A key element of the uncertainty has been the compliance requirements for Australian companies. In particular, the need to have documentation. So Ram, can you please expand on the best ideas that you have to make a claim audit ready? So David, most companies take the view that putting in place a file of documents after year end is sufficient to adequately evidence R&D. Our experience is that this approach makes it more difficult and you're often scrambling around to retrofit documents to evidence the R&D criteria. A better approach is to put in place a robust process of real-time capture of R&D activities and associated expenditure. In other words, capturing the information as you undertake the experiment. In this way, you have dedicated R&D documents and importantly can distinguish R&D from non-R&D. Another important factor is to get buy-in from the tax and technical teams. This is because usually one team sees the benefit and the other team only sees the effort required, but both have to actually work together for a good R&D claim. Thank you, Ramani, for those insights. Now to you, Georgia, and I note that you have a legal background. Clearly there is a need for companies accessing the incentive to absolutely comply with the law. Could you please expand upon those requirements? Yeah, thanks, David. Look, I think it's important to remember that I mean, Morton Cases is, sorry, Morton Resources is the most recent case, but all the cases in, either in the Administrative Appeals Tribunal or in the federal court have affirmed the need that companies need to maintain contemporaneous documentation that evidences their claim. So in the past, perhaps, Oz Industry and the ATO would have accepted evidence that didn't necessarily um, speak directly to the R&D criteria. That's certainly no longer the case. And what this means is that uh, companies need to examine what they're doing at the time that they're undertaking R&D, and they need to prepare that evidence and make sure that it does speak to the R&D criteria when they're preparing the claim, not after the end of the year. So a question for you, Ramani, given what Georgia has just articulated, what is the advice that you would give to heads of tax on how they can resolve these issues on documentation, particularly when they are so reliant um, on technical personnel in engineering and IT, for example, to prepare the documents? 
And David, what you've articulated is not an unusual problem. Tax leaders need to engage with the technical leadership so they understand the benefits. Also, processes must be implemented to help with the real-time capture of information and make it easier on the technical staff. You will find that it's easier on the technical teams because then they don't have to look back at what they've done during the year, which unfortunately is current practice today. I also find that when you actually capture information in real time, you often have larger but more robust claims. But how in practical terms do companies actually do that transition? So David, practically what we are doing to assist our clients is where they're looking at claims that where the year has passed, we are drawing a line in the sand and we're helping them prepare those claims, but we're moving them more into a real-time process. So practically what this means is we are looking at two years' claims concurrently to put them in the best position so that going forward they're doing claims in real time. Georgia, is that likely to pass the test of Oz Industry and the ATO? Look, I think it depends on the records that the companies keep and especially if they can improve their processes and their documentation to capture the R&D criteria, then yes, I think it would. However, I think companies need to take care, particularly in some areas like software-based R&D, where a lot of project documentation doesn't generally speak to the criteria. So I think there is still a lot of work to be done by industry, but I think we can get there. So here we have a scenario where there are many companies presently uncertain on whether to continue claiming for the R&D tax incentive. There are views out there that it's too hard, it's too onerous, but I think the message from our guests today is that there is a way forward. There is a clear, practical view that by improving the documentation, particularly around the timeliness thereof, companies ought to be able to transition to a model where they are able to fully access their R&D tax entitlements. And in our view, this will provide a positive platform for the Australian business economy to be able to expand. So I'd like to thank our guests, Taramni Naidu and Georgia King-Seem. I'm David Gelb, the, the lead partner of KPMG's Accelerating Business Growth Practice. Thanks for listening. <laughs>